let's just rip the bandaid off. Yep. Let's do it. Dive right into it. First guy, Ron Holland, um, putting up some really, really impressive numbers with the ignite right now. Um, where are you at? So one is low. 10 is high. Correct. One is we're not worried at all. Very confident. And, um, you know, the, in his long-term potential, his draft stock, all of that 10 is holy fuck, burn this place down. So I might shock some people. I'm at a two. Fascinating. And here's why. Because I don't, I don't think I view Ron Holland like most people are trying to imagine Ron Holland. I'm not viewing Ron Holland as like, oh, this potentially is a number one guy. Um, I think his ceiling is a very nice number two guy. I, I guess I just kind of at that point where I'm like, me and you were talking about Ron Holland and how polarizing he is. And you were like, man, I, he, I loved how you phrased it. What did you say? You were like, I absolutely love and hate him. Or yeah. so yeah, and I was like, yeah, that's the perfect way to put it. Because I think with Ron, if you're chasing like, oh, he could be the number one pick, the the guy, I think you're in for a rude awakening. But if you could be like, hey, if we got Ron Holland and we have someone else with him, it could be really nice. Like just top of my head, but like if the Spurs landed Ron Holland, I know, you know, any point guard and stuff, but like the idea of having Victor and Ron Holland sounds intriguing, sounds fun. But if I'm just throwing a fit, it was the first one that came to my head. I think if you had Ron Holland with a, a guy, that's a, your offensive guy. That's where Ron could really succeed. But there's just times on tape where I'm like, he, he, I don't think I'm ever giving Ron Holland the ball all the time and being like, we need you to score all the time. I think he's going to be this off ball guy that could be a great cutter, athletic, a demon in transition, strong defensive player. I'm just, uh, that's where I'm at with him. And I think people are going to project him going top five. I think I said it to you. I was like, in a normal year, if I got him from seven to 12, I would be ecstatic. Mm -hmm. But this year could get interesting. I don't know. What about you? Where are you at? So entering the year, I had him as like a top three guy. Um, you know, the the prestige, the potential, athleticism, all that, all that fun stuff. Um, but I'm at like a six. Um, I'm not totally panicking, but I'm also not super comfortable with where to place him in the rankings. I currently have him at six overall. Um and a lot of that is just kind of simply due to this class, honestly, because I've tried dropping him lower and just the absolute potential of what he could grow into, um, because I don't want to rule that out yet. I, I just couldn't at this point drop him much lower than that. But I I feel like the number, his raw numbers, his per game numbers, they're impressive right now. They also feel incredibly inflated just based on that chaotic style of G League play and that up and down pace. All of it feels really, really inflated um, and kind of the beneficiary of a lack of overall structure. Um, and I'm just going to run through some of his synergy numbers here. And while they're not bad, they're not, not exactly good either. Right. So transition 43rd percentile spot up 51st percentile. 
which is much better than I was anticipating coming into the year. So that's a good sign. Uh, pick and roll ball handler, 49th percentile. Handoffs, 49th percentile. Isolation, 40th percentile. Um, jump shots, 27th percentile. Catch and shoot, 41st percentile. Dribble jumpers, 35th percentile. Floaters, 18th percentile. Around the rim, uh, 60th percentile. So, you know, there's some good stuff. Um, there's a lot of concerning stuff too. So am I way off base in kind of thinking that way? No, I don't think you are. I mean, he's averaging on the year right now, he's averaging 20 points, 6.8 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 2.2 steals, shooting splits of 47, 27, 68. He had an 11 turnover game that everyone was just like, what in the world? But his last five, this is, I think Ron Holland's going to be this hot and cold type of player. I, I just, that's why I'm thinking if you have a go to scorer and Ron, hey, Ron's doesn't have it offensively tonight, but, you know, Brandon Miller's got it. Or someone in the comments was like, hey, what about him with Portland? That makes some sense to me because you potentially could have Scoot, who's on the way up, and Shaden Sharp, like, That'd be great. But now Ron Holland's starting to get cooking. His last five games, he's averaging 26.6 points, 8.2 rebounds, 3.6 assists, 2.8 steals, shooting splits 52-33-90. That's something I get excited about because I'm like, hey, if Ron Holland can make an impact in so many different ways and I'm getting him at mid 30% from three, great. Awesome. But I just think if... If you have Ron Holland number one on your board, that's fine. I have no problems with that. I've got him at five. I feel really good about having him at, in my top five, top six, because I, I think I would be take. I would like to get him around five or six or seven. And if I really love him, I guess top four. But we're gonna have to wait and see with it. Well, I mean, we're one of the fans asked, like, where are you at with his shooting, Metcalf? Like, what do you think of it? I think it's gotten better. It it looks better than i was anticipating uh but I, the the form doesn't feel all that different um than More what it looked fluid? like maybe maybe a little bit he has some step back stuff where you're like yeah what the f-? you know like yeah. I, I was like we were like whoa if that is that's where you get excited you're like even if that's coming around more consistently but there just seems also a lot of times and where i get hesitant with him where it's like I don't know what he's doing with the ball in his hands sometimes. Transition, he's awesome because he's just a yeah. bullet and he yeah. he know, he's very confident. But um like he had a fantastic sequence where he had a transition dime, steal and three and you're like, "Whoa, okay." But I don't know. Yeah, I in transit he might he might be one of the best transition players in this draft just because he is so goddamn fast and and he's like that in the half court too, where they'll run him off of handoffs and he's just a blur getting downhill. And something that I've really enjoyed from him is he's these last, you know, couple of weeks where he started lowering his shoulder into guys, kind of shrugging them off, stepping back towards to his left and then finishing through the contact. And that, that's a really nice move. That's a pro move against grown men. So that's the kind of stuff that you like to see. But on the flip side of that, his handle right now is awful um and he's turning it over in traffic all the time there are minimal passing instincts there and 
as much as I like the ability to kind of shrug guys off when he drives um, and play with that physicality, there's not a whole lot of craft when he gets downhill. It's all, I'm just going to kind of barrel into you and hope for the best here. And if I'm, if you're stronger than me, it's going to end up in a bad shot or a turnover. And if you're a smaller guard, then I'm probably finishing through you. So that's nice for right now, but how feasible is that when we project long-term and what he could be? Because his height has been listed anywhere from 6'6 to 6'8, and I do not think it is closer to 6'8. I think it's on the lower end of that spectrum. Um, so how feasible is it for a 6'6 guy to play with that type of physicality against NBA rim protectors and forwards and you know perimeter defenders on a nightly basis, especially if you're taking him top three, top five, first overall, you're expecting him to be the go-to guy. And I'm not sure he has the feel. Um overall to do that and i'm not sure that he makes anyone on the court better yeah i I think the dream is you get him alongside a couple strong pieces and he's a game wrecker like when ron's cooking whoa but like buckle up because he can make those plays that really swing momentum like all you get a fast break ron holland could just turn on the turbo button and throw down with with anger like he he's very special gifted that way and I think he makes an impact defensively. It's just there is there is hard to cut you off with the defense. Do you have any red flags or concerns or anything with that? It's too soon for me there. I I just I've seen where the motor can take him, right? But um, it, it's something I I just need to watch closer. But I I know when Ron's engaged and locked in, he has the tools to be a nasty defender. Where where are you at? I, I think it's really similar to his offense where it is very, really based on the motor and the physical tools. And when he engages those, the highlights are awesome. The, the, the numbers that he generates on that, and he can be a game wrecker, but then you look at all the kind of in-between stuff and it's him getting beat on back cuts and losing his man in motion and getting caught ball watching and not communicating, communicating switches and doing the little things. You know, we talked about Kevin McCuller in the open and you look at all the kind of nuances to McCullers team defense. And I don't get any of that with Holland. So I, I know that that's not really the selling point with him because he does have the upside of this tenacious, chaotic game wrecking point of attack defender. Um, and with that, you know, I, I think there's a lot of upside and intrigue there. But the second he gets switched off ball, it's like, okay, now what are we doing here? Because there's a lot of mistakes that are popping up by the game. If he was doing what he was doing offensively and he was just a dominant high motor all the time lockdown defender, I'd be having him near one. Like if it, if it, if the defense was just bully mode all the time and he was just like – I. I'm not letting anyone score on me all and or I'm helping out. I feel like that would be getting me into that conversation regardless of what's going on offensively right now. But I just do. That's why I have him a little bit. I'd feel more comfortable getting him lower because there is some questions and probably going to be really good. um, Find out some Intel because teams are going to, that's teams are going to swing that in a big way based on what feedback they're getting. And you know, I, I have major questions about his feel and, you know, overall kind of basketball IQ and all, all that stuff, ability to read the floor. How, just to get a little philosophical here uh, before we move yeah. on, how realistic is it for players to kind of develop and improve upon that? Because when I think of that 
type of skill, I I feel like you have to have just an obscene work ethic and be a gym rat and constantly grinding in the gym, grinding tape, doing all of that kind of stuff. And obviously this is a very, very, very limited sample size, but he, I didn't get that sense from him in Portland at hoop summit. Um, I've talked to a couple of people who have kind of echoed those same concerns, but then you also get the reports of him working out with Jermaine O'Neal and people praising his work ethic. So obviously mixed reports here, but personally, I, I just have, I, I need him to start answering some of these, these questions and haven't quite seen it yet. And despite that, he's still, you know, top five basically for me. Yeah. I think, We've talked. I, I feel like that question always comes up, and it just leads to just a hammer, like traveling down a rabbit hole when it comes to like, can you improve feel? Because I, I you could feel so strongly like each way. You know, I don't, I, I don't think someone's. You know, Tyrese Halliburton had unbelievable feel and vision mm-hmm. in college. I, it's not like a guy all of a sudden gets drafted and like develops having like that type of feel you can right. improve it and, and read tape and watch tape and analyze like, Hey, okay. You know, when I attack this place, I could do this. I think there's areas you can definitely improve on, but I don't think it's just naturally, you know, Jalen Brown's college film. We always like to bring it up. Like he's gotten much better, but yes. you still see some of the struggles that he's mm-hmm. had. So I think you could mask it, um, hide it a little bit, but I don't think guys are all of a sudden being like, I worked really hard in the gym. Now I'm an average tennis hit. It's just sometimes it, it is an important area to, to consider like, Hey, you could be this successful, but if you don't have great feel, it might be a rude awakening. And it's such a vague term to throw out there too. And yeah, can be interpreted so, so many, many different things. ways. So. Yeah. It's, it's a very deep conversation because you think it's like, Oh, it's ABC. No, it gets right. down the alphabet. Where it's like, hurry. Is he a good shooter? It's like, uh, let me look at the percentages. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, does he have a good feel? It's like, okay, well, here's a whole fucking rabbit hole that we get to dive down <laughs> into. And everyone's definition is a little bit different. Yes. Um, all right. Let's move on to Izan El Mansa, uh, but let's take a quick ad break. <laughs> 